you would, and turn to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. I've shared with you that I, I read a proverb every day, and I came across this proverb, um, and, and God spoke to me about some things that uh, I get asked every now and then. You see, sometimes somebody will ask me something like this. It may be one of my kids. It could be a church member. It could just be... I've had, I had someone ask me this um, that was a parrot on a ball team. He didn't necessarily ask it exactly this way, but this is what he was meaning. And the, and the question is this. Why should I be righteous? I mean, what is it about righteousness that is that big a deal? Now, this morning I'm going to... Uh, Bring out ten things from Proverbs 10. Um, now before you have some kind of medical condition, when I say I'm going to go through ten things, I may not get through ten of them. Alright? And so, um, but there's ten things that, 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 I, that I brought from this text about righteousness. Because the thing is, even just like sometimes... We struggle with understanding things. We know that, that um, the disciples also struggled with this, this issue. As a matter of fact, if one of, the, one of those passages that is very powerful and, that I've studied and looked at and I preached on, and, and um, one, of the, the, one of those passages that, that I've always come to when I, when I think about this issue about righteousness. Because Jesus made this statement in, in Matthew chapter 5 around verse 20 or verse 21, He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not see heaven. Now, if I had been a Pharisee, that, that, would, have, that would have still been a big deal because I would have known my own heart. See, it always makes me nervous when somebody begins to give me accolades. When somebody begins to say, you know, Brother Mike, he, he, he's done this well. Or Brother Mike has is, is done this great. Or I appreciate, he's, he's a man of God. And Well, see, when people start saying those things, I, boy, I start saying, boy, God, I know my heart, though. See, I'm kind of like the disciples when, 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 when Jesus said, somebody in this room's going to deny me. See, we don't need to be, oh, it won't be me. See, it should be, our heart should be, man, would it, would, it, would it be me? Am I the one? I can almost handle people criticizing me better. Because then I like to fight. And see, as a preacher, you can't. So it don't matter if you can or you can't. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't get in a fight. So I know I can't fight, so I can just get mad. And then it's a whole other spiritual discipline I have to deal with. But, but I can almost handle that more than I can handle, handle the other. And the disciples were that way. Lord, what does it mean to be righteous? Well, what, why, why should I be righteous? Now, now, your kids may not ask that question, but there are times when our kids will say something, why are we doing this? Why, do, why are we going there? Why, why are we doing it this way? Everybody else is doing it another Why are we doing it this way? What they're really asking is, why do we have to be righteous? I want you to listen to what the Bible says before I jump into Proverbs chapter 10. Listen to Romans chapter 3. 
But now the righteousness, and I want you to listen for that phrase, righteousness, or that word. You hear it in the opening phrase. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all. Who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's one of those passages that we often use in sharing the gospel. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. But that's in the context of it. About righteousness. And so understanding that, that if we're not careful, we will begin to say, oh, to be righteous is to live by law precepts and to always do the right thing and not do the wrong thing. Even though that's, that's contained in it, that's not the passion or the heart of righteousness. Being justified freely by grace, or His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation or a satisfaction by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time His righteousness. That He might be just and the justifier of one who has faith in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul penned these words. The same words and the same thought as he was thinking there in Romans when he said, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when you ask the question, why be righteous? Because we want to be like Jesus. You remember I've told you over, over and over in the last few weeks that the goal, the pursuit, the end result is not to be good, it's not to be right, it's to be like Jesus. It's to, it's to pursue Him. It's to see how He would handle things, how He would embrace people, how He would react to that circumstance, and then go and do likewise. That's why he said, listen, to be great, get down on your knees and find someone to wash their feet. You've seen me do this. Now go and do the same. Be righteous. Be right because you handle it the right way. In this text, we see that. As a matter of fact, like I said, I came up with, with ten things that I want you to see. So ten from Proverbs chapter 10 about righteousness. The first thing that I want you to see about this is that the Bible says in verse 2, notice this, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. The first thing I want you to realize of, of when you say, why should I be righteous? Why, why should I be like Jesus? Righteousness delivers from death. And I don't know of another thing that I would like to be delivered from than death. Now understand that the Bible teaches us that unless Jesus raptures His church, everybody, I know this is not a positive thought, but everybody in here will die. It is appointed unto man and woman once to die. After that, the judgment. So we will, we will die. But Jesus has conquered death. And so here's what we've got to wrap our brains around. Then our heart and our soul will be captivated by this. Dying will hurt. Dying does hurt. But Jesus conquered death. So we don't have to be fearful of death 
Even though I don't want to die. But righteousness delivers from death. James chapter 1, we've looked at this verse before, but I just want to remind you in the context of this. Listen to this. In verse 14, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, it, it brings forth death. Death. Listen, sin is in opposition to righteousness. And so when you think about in our in everything that we, we're doing right now, in our lives, I want you to hear this. If you want to be delivered, if, if you want relationships and circumstances and situations that you're in, there's got to be His righteousness in it. You've got to, to submit to His righteousness. Because if you do not, if, if you do your way, the flesh way, sin's way, there will come a termination of that circumstance. Relationships apart from righteousness will terminate. You say, oh, but we're still together. But if you'll be honest, you're really not living, you're just surviving. There's not a real relationship. Because according to the Word of God, there's, he, He's got to be in it. And so righteousness delivers from death. Here's the second thing I want you to see this morning. Look there in verse 3. The Bible says the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but He cast away the desire of the wicked. So the second thing I want you to realize is the, is, is the righteous soul, according to righteousness, according to God, will not famish. Isn't that wonderful news? Listen to this. Psalm 42 in verses 1 and verse 2. Listen to what the psalmist said. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then you see the fulfillment of this in Matthew 5 and verse 6. In the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. They shall be filled. Maybe, just maybe... We're looking to be filled with the wrong things. Maybe it's because we're not asking God to fill us. We're not, we're not, we're not, per, we're not pursuing Him. And see, that's the question that I want to I wanna ask you this morning. When you, when you think about this in the context of our lives, does your soul, does your soul, listen, is it panting for God? I mean, does, it, does, it, does your soul this morning say, Oh God, I'm in desperate need of you. And if God, if it's not you, I'm not going to make it. Brother Mike, that's not me. What's wrong with me? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with you. Just say this morning, I need to be that way. There's nothing wrong with you. You've just, you've just gotten to the place where you've forgotten that we're nothing apart from God. Righteousness will not allow, or God will not allow the righteous soul to famish. Folks, I want you to look at that again. Young people, please look at that. The Lord will not allow you to famish. But I'm in a dry spell right now. I'm telling you, all I got to say is this. He will not let you stay there. It's a dark hour in my family. Things aren't going well right now. Things are terrible right now. I'm just telling you. And again, the righteous soul will not famish. 
It's a whole lot easier to say to somebody, I had somebody in great faith dealing with what they're dealing with, this too shall pass. But listen, it's, hard. it's, it's awesome when somebody going through that says that. But when somebody on the sidelines says it, it doesn't mean the same. Here's the third thing. Look at verse 6. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. But violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual heavenly blessing in the heavenly places in our relationship in Christ Jesus. So, so not only will our soul not famish, but, but according to Proverbs 10, that blessings are on the head of the righteous. That's why it's so important to live this kind of life. That's why it's important to yield ourselves to God and to live this kind of life and to pursue after God because blessings will be on the head of the righteous. Man, don't you want blessings? I mean, don't you want God's blessings? The windows of heaven to open up? And this, is, this, this goes beyond the physical. And it goes beyond just, the, just the, the, the natural thought of man. That's how somebody who's battling cancer can say, this will pass. That's how a, a family member of somebody who's battling cancer can say, listen, I don't like this. My heart is broken, but I trust God. That's how somebody who, who has nothing to provide for themselves, they've lost their jobs. They're broke. And we'll, we see some of people like that here in America, but that group from Honduras will see a bunch of them. They'll see children that'll say, I've never been held by my mother. I've never had my grandmother pick me up and place me in her lap and love on me. I've never felt that. And yet, and yet, blessings are on this head. That's what happens to the righteous. Here's the fourth thing. I love verse 7. Notice what it says. The memory of the righteous is blessed. But the name of the wicked, that's strong words, it'll rot. Rot. But the memory of the blessed, that's the fourth thing I want you to see. We're talking about legacy here. We're, We're talking about our memory, what, what, what we accomplish in His name for righteousness' sake, that there will, it'll be remembered. You say, well, listen, what does, that, what does that have to do with anything? Why? Because it's eternal. What you do for His glory doesn't go unnoticed. The memory of the righteous will be blessed. Here's the fifth thing this morning. Look there in verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. I want to ask you a question. Let me ask it. Well, I was going to ask you one. Let me ask this way. How many of you have ever gotten water growing up from a well? How many of you had a well where you got water? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's a bunch of them. Raise it real high. How many of you had an outhouse? Okay. A two-seater? No. You're really living up if you had two seats. All right, had one or two hands go up. That'd be interesting. You see, the thing is, most of us 
don't get this. Most of us don't get it because all we've done is we've ever gone to a to a, a spigot and turned or or the handle on a on, on a sink and we've turned and water has come out. We don't really get, but what he's saying here is the mouth of the righteous is a well. And it's a well, and it gives the idea a well of life that never runs dry. And, and there's, a, there's a source of blessing. As a matter of fact, look down at verse 20. It says the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. In other words, he's saying it's, it's a choice of treasure. It, it, we, we choose to speak that which the person who would receive it would love to have it. No one would in that day, and even in our day, would turn down silver. And he's saying of the mouth of the righteous, it's like choice silver. Look down in verse 21. The lips of the righteous feeds many. And he's not necessarily talking about a physical feeding. He's talking about where to build one another up. Ephesians 4 and verse 29. We've heard this verse before, but listen to it again. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary building up edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. See, the righteous mouth is a well of life. And it's building others up. Can you imagine what would happen if every single one of us decided to not tear anybody down? Not tear anybody down. But to be an encouragement. To build people up. Let me ask you this. Don't you think people get beat up enough out in the real world? Yeah, they do. You get beat up out at work and whether you're the boss or you're not the boss, whether you think you should be the boss or whether you don't think you should. I mean, it doesn't matter. People, you're getting beat up. And man, in God's economy of His church, the stewardship is, is to build one another up. It's to build one another up. And so, we see that in this, in this text. Listen to verse 31. Jump on down to verse 31. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Not just knowledge, but wisdom. What's the difference, Brother Mike? Wisdom is taking knowledge and applying it. I can, I can, I can tell you how, uh, you know, I can tell. I, as a matter of fact, I'll use our building out there because I wasn't here for this one. But I watched a lot of what went on in, in the reconstruction or the remodel of, of the youth building, of, um, of, of the, the um, fellowship hall that was done recently, and also the, the big building, the Mac out back. I, I, I saw a lot of that. I got a lot of knowledge. But, but wisdom, I don't have any wisdom. Don't, don't give me a, no matter of fact, nobody let me have a hammer. Brother Mike, we got it. You pray for us. You pray for us. Or, or go get that and bring it here. We got a great job for you. See that broom over there? On one mission trip. They did it to Daryl too. I didn't feel so bad. You know what? Somebody needs... To, there's a, the, the, the finish this job out. You've you got to have an expert doing this. What is it? See that insulation over there? You got to shove that insulation in the walls. Okay. Wisdom. Listen to Proverbs 18. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Did you hear that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Here's the sixth thing. Look down at verse 16. Verse 16 says this, The labor of the righteous leads to life. The wages of the wickedness to sin. Do you see, all of this is in this one proverb. It's, again, this is not everything that you could find about righteousness. But, but it's all right here. This is in, in that one proverb of saying to me, Mike, this, this is why righteousness is important. The labor of the righteous leads to life. Using spiritual gifts. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 4. And above all things have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. I think we just talked about that in building people up. That, that's the key. It'll cover those things. Does it mean you condone it? No, it just covers it. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. I mean, is that... I mean, do you mean there are people who, who grumble about People being at their house and in-laws being there and fixing food for it. Does, it. does the people grumble about that? Nobody's saying anything. Everybody's going. I'll have somebody come and say, Brother Mike, I'm going to tell you something. You spoke to my heart this morning. That, that's, that sixth point, you got me. If anyone speaks... Or let me back up. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold of God, grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified. That, that's the key. Righteous living is that God would be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The labor of the righteous leads to that. Leads to righteousness. 1 Corinthians 12, listen to this. And there are many different activities or many ministries, but it is the same God who works all in all. Why? But the manifestation of the spiritual gifts is given to each one for the profit of all. The edification, the building up of all. Why be righteous? Dad, why, why be a righteous? Why do I have to be a righteous teenager? Why do I have to be a righteous elementary school kid? Why do I have to be a righteous parent? Proverbs 10 gives us a lot of reasons why. The biggest reason is to pursue Jesus and to be like Him. And He was righteous. But here's the thing. Folks, please hear me, and I hope I don't offend anybody by how I'm going to say this, but he wasn't a weirdo about it. Jesus hung out with people. He went places. He did. He went to weddings. He got in trouble because they said, I can't believe he's hanging out with sinners. But then he hung out with the religious folks and they wanted to kill him. Who would you want to hang out with? I mean, think about it. Let me give you the seventh thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop with this one. 
the desire of the righteous will be granted. I want you to look at verse 24. The Bible says there in Proverbs, the fear of the wicked will come, will come upon him and the desire of the righteous will be granted. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, Delight yourself, where? In the Lord. Alright, I want you to write that verse down. As a matter of fact, if you can bring it up, Chris, that'd be great. I didn't put it on there, but listen. Psalm 37 and verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. I want to ask you this question. What are you delighting in? Colossians chapter 3, you don't have to go there, Chris, but just listen to this one. Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2 says that we're to set our affection, our desires, our passion on things that are above, on Christ where He is seated. Why be righteous? I've got a better question. Or I've got a better statement. Let's just be like Jesus. Let, let our desire, let our passion... Let it be like Jesus. It's tough though, isn't it? It is tough. It is tough trying to react the way Jesus would react. It is tough. I'm on the sidelines in the stands now almost every, every weekend at something and some of you around me and, uh, and, uh, and there's not a weekend that I probably don't regret not necessarily hollering at referees and umpires and things like that. But you know what? I, I want to be more than anything, and I, and I struggle with this. I want to be, I want to be an encourager to, to the kids that are out there. I really do. Now, don't get me wrong. If they do something crazy, I think they ought to be gotten on to as a coach. I'm glad the coaches are out there. I like coaches that get after it, as long as I know they love my kid. I don't want my kid to do something that's not right. I want him to be taught how to do it right. But I, but I, I so want to be in it. But I, it's not just there. See, that's a reflection of maybe other areas of our lives. I want to be that for you. I want, I want to be that for my wife. I want to be that for, for my kids. I, I want to be, I really want to be an encourager. I really do. I want to be someone that builds people up. But I'm going to be honest with you. My flesh is in total opposition of that. My flesh wants to pick a bat up. And not hit the ball, but hit somebody. If somebody is mean to me, my flesh wants to, be, wants to react. That's what, my, that's what Mike wants to do. But Mike's supposed to be crucified. Mike's supposed to be a living sacrifice. But the problem with that is, when God places me on the coals of the sacrifice of my life, I'm still alive and I want to jump off of it. But that's where we're at. Why be righteous? Because that's what the world needs to see. Folks, if we're concerned about a lost and dying world, the way they will be changed... It's not by my good things that I do. It's by Jesus living His life through me and them seeing Him in me and in you. 
See, if they get, if they get, if they get, oh, brother Mike, he, you know, he's good. He, he's, you know, then, then the, what Jesus would come along and say, well, I just want to tell you something. If that's the case, if that's who you're looking at, or if you're looking at mom or dad, that right, your righteousness is going to have to exceed that. It's got to be like Jesus. And Jesus said, for he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. So my question to you today is this. Do you want to be that? Do you, do you want to be like Jesus? I, I believe you do. Right, so I'm going to start right now being an encourager. I believe you do. Even if you, if you say, you know, that's the furthest thing from mine. I believe this morning that, that, that that's what you've come today to be. So just today, start it. Just don't, 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 don't use all these excuses. Don't, don't say, well, I don't know enough. Or, I, you know what, my schedule doesn't work out. And I, I'm just not who I don't Don't use all that stuff. Or I need to clean all these things up. Don't use any of that. Today, just say, I want to pursue Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. So see, I'm not asking you to recite anything or sing anything or join anything or do anything. I'm asking you to follow someone. That's what I'm asking you to do. And I believe when you do that, those other things will fall in God's timing and His place for your life.